Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm Chet Zar, and I'm the host, excuse me, of this podcast. Um, got a great episode for you today. Actually, the next two episodes are great, and um, it's uh, the today's episode is artist K. Britton, and next week is their twin sibling Rachel and both of these guests are our first non-binary artists we've had on the show which is really interesting of course I fucked up the pronouns a few times because I'm still getting used to it but I, I swore I wasn't going to do it and then and then I did it it's hard to get used to it's it's different but uh, what a great interview both were excellent both interviews were excellent excellent both of, of them are are extremely uh, talented. I really early early in their careers, but really really talented. So uh, had a great talk with Kay, and that will be coming up shortly. So what's been going on with me? You ask. Uh, <clears throat> got a book. The dystopia book is done and out of my hands which is amazing i don't know what the last status i gave i think it was something something along the lines of it being just about finished but it's like i paid them the first half i signed the contract with the bookmaker we handed the files off it's done it's 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 out of our hands and delivery date is supposed to be delivery date for me is supposed to be november 13th is the estimate. Uh, so that's done. I can't believe it. It really hasn't even hit me yet. It kind of was anticlimactic in a way. You know, because I, I don't know. It's just, it was such such a long, drawn-out, stressful process. But it's done. It's done. That and the, uh, I had a portrait commission that was five years late both of those were the two huge projects weighing me down and I got that done too so and it doesn't feel much different though <laughs> I thought I'd be all relieved but um I guess there's just so much going on I'm painting I've been painting for my uh, solo show at Copro that opens October 19th and that is um the chaos it's called chaos and I've been painting for that every day been enjoyable everything is coming along well with that and um what else let's see that's been the primary focus other other than those book things um i should prepare for these more i just don't have time though i'm just constantly oh i know one thing um uh man hands dan kelly is putting on an art show that I believe is at the end of October, and it's going to be a Dark Art Society cooperative art show. It's going to feature a ton of artists from the Dark Art Society cooperative, as well as other dark artists, but he's got an amazing list. Um, it's uh, His gallery is, uh, uh, let me look, it's Snake and, sorry, sorry Dan, uh, Snake and Skull and Snake. That's the name of his shop. 
and it's called Dawn of the Dark Art Society. And uh, <clears throat> it's just going to be a great show. It's cool to finally have the, the do, to do the, uh, the, the Dark Art Society Cooperative Members show rather than the one we did at Copro, or the, I think we did two at Copro, which was the kind of the guest, Dark Art Society guest show. Um, so that's exciting. It was he, Dan was just putting a show together, and he's recently just discovered the Dark Art Society podcast, and he's so into it, and he's so into the whole dark art scene, and he's in a position to where he can help the scene, and he's all about it. Uh, he's all about it, and it just he had this idea, hey, what if we turn this show into a Dark Art Society cooperative show? I was like, that sounds great. That sounds great. And uh, he's, he's, you know, Dan is one of these guys that come along every so often that, sorry about the snoring dog. Can you hear that? I swear she, there she goes. Um, every once in a while, people come into your life that can really, that are there for the right reasons and they really want to help you. And it's important to recognize that when it comes along because it doesn't come along too often. And I really feel like Dan is one of those people uh, regarding the, the entire dark art society and the dark art community. He's really, his heart's in the right place and he really, he really wants to, you know, help, help the movement, which is just excellent. So I'm kind of excited about, about that show. Um, what else is there? Hmm. Maybe that's it. Well, that's all I can think of. Um, isn't that enough, though, really? Uh, if you want to join the Dark Art Society, I need to make a clarification here as well, because I have t two Patreons. I've got one for the Dark Art Society, and then I've got my own personal one. And sometimes people join mine, and they're like, hey, where's the Dark Art Society Cooperative on Facebook? And I have to tell them, oh, I'm sorry, that's for the other patreon so my patreon is different from the dark art society patreon dark art society patreon if you want to be involved uh it's you know it's a great community and there's so many opportunities for people like dan is a great example of that just want to be a part of it and want to make it help make it happen so it's it's uh it's very nurturing environment as well um, so you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society. It's only a buck a month. It's really just, you know, the, the bare minimum just to, uh, you know, keep it from people who don't care at all, or just, you know, casual, casual people that aren't really that into it. They won't pay a dollar. Um, and then you get into the Facebook group which is great, the Dark Art Society Cooperative. And my Patreon is where I'm posting everything I wor I'm working on all the time. Every time I finish a painting session, I post it. I do time lapses and tutorials and all kinds of other stuff, although I haven't been doing them the last month or so because I'm just cranking on this uh, show. But I am posting updates, and when I'm done with this show, I'm going to have, like, you know, probably 20 time-lapse time-lapse uh, videos for the studies and then, you know, another 15 to 20 for the painting. So there's going to be a lot of, lot more content, but I'm always posting every day. Anyway, that's patreon.com slash Chetzar if you want to join that. And that also has the $1 uh, level you can join at. So um, I guess that's it. Let's read new subscribers because we have a bunch of new subscribers. 
to the Patreon, the Dark Art Society Patreon. Uh, let's see. Randall Perkins told me that Chris Badenoch is who we left off with. So thanks again, Randall. Randall is the keeper of records for the podcast. Um, <clears throat> the official keeper of records. Uh, Christopher Weldy, thank you for joining. Uh, let's see what else. Gibberosis upped their pledge. Thanks for that. That's cool. Ryan Case upped his pledge in a big way. Wow, Ryan. Everybody check out Ryan's work. I love what Ryan does. He has a totally unique look, particularly in the dark art society or the dark art movement. He's, uh, he's dark, but his stuff is totally different. <laughs> Crazy colors, and uh, I just totally love his style. And finally, we have Josh Gamble. Thanks, Josh. Um, thanks for joining. I also had, you know, I should mention, I got every, every once in a while, I get a, a, a message about the Dark Art Society and the podcast and what it means to people. And I just saw one today from like a week ago that I, I missed. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to hear, hear, hear that uh, people are getting so much out of it. Um, it's weird for me being in this position because I just do the podcast as part of my routine because I don't have time to really think about it and do all kinds of promotion and marketing and this and that. I'm just kind of doing what I could barely uh, manage. And, But at the end of every podcast, I always think to myself, this podcast is so good. Just judging on what I would like to listen to, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe how good this podcast is. It's amazing. <laughs> I think that all the time. It's kind of amazing. It's not like every 10 episodes there's a good interview. It's like every episode is great. It's kind of, it's a trip. And uh, for something that just kind of started on a whim, it's really amazing what it's turned into. And especially when I get me messages from people that tell me that, it, you know, it's like life-changing for them. It's, it's, uh, I, I never expected that. Really, I never did. And, and that... You know, reminds me why I need to keep doing it. So I'm going to keep doing it. There's so many more artists to interview. It's just, I feel like I'll never run out. Every day there's more people that are doing dark art. It's great, so, which means the, the scene is growing. Okay, so anyway, um, I guess that's it. You know, the synesthesia word of the week, I'm going to, I, this, this is, I want to do this one because I thought of it the other day um, and it kind of makes sense. It's one of those words that sounds like the thing it tastes like, but I had never thought about it in 54 years. I never thought about it until like two days ago. That, that happens all the time. I think of new synesthesia words, or I realize I have these new synesthesia words. And if you don't know what, it, what my synesthesia is, it's gastrolexical or something like that. And, words and names have flavors to me doesn't make a lot of sense and the word of the week the synesthesia word of the week is freedom and and it's a strong one too and it it tastes like fritos i mean it's kind of obvious why i would make that association but it's not just that i make the association it's that in instantly that's the flavor that comes to mind it's it's like it doesn't make any sense, I know. If you don't have it, it doesn't make any sense. But 
It's so dumb. If it's if it's annoying, let me know and I'll stop doing it. Something some people seem to be entertained by it, um, so that's why I do it. Anyway, okay, let's get on with this interview with Kay Britton. It's a great one. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Three. Oh, I was gonna count. I was gonna give you the count, but I started recording. What's up, Kay? Hello. Hello. And Rachel is there too. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Entire episode is just us laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry about having to reschedule. I got my computer situation worked out. I just bought two hard drives. The hard drives are like this big nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. These little solid state. And uh, so I backed everything up, made some space. That's why we're doing this. You know, for the people listening, we're doing this today and not four days ago. Because my computer kept crashing. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, uh, I'm happy to have you on. Thanks for coming on the show. You know I love your work. Amazing. Both of you are super talented. I say, I tell you all the time. Um, (laughs) I basically, like, we we both pay you you to hype us up. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it works. People are finally figuring it out. If you want to get ahead in this world, you just got to, you got to pay me. Yeah, that is the hype man. Yeah, no, no, right. no. I, I, uh, I only have people on that I'm interested in that I think are, are interesting and good artists. And, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure when I became aware of your work, Kay. But it, um, I know the. It's funny because the first thing, probably your drag stuff, but. Um, the, the thing that I remember that I still talk to you about all the time are those paintbrush earrings. Oh, <laughs> It's yeah, probably for you. It's just like, mm, I'll make these cool little things. But I still think that's just like a totally brilliant idea. I, I, I can't believe people. It's not like a thing that everybody does. Yeah, I am like we still talk to our high school art teachers. And I think we visited a couple of years ago. We like donated a bunch of old supplies to them a couple of years ago. And um he had all these shitty paintbrushes from <laughs> shitty students. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, can I have these? And I'll just like chop them up and turn them into earrings. And he was, was like, yeah, go for it. And I had them in my Etsy for so long and none of them like ever sold. Uh-huh. And then I just, in the past like two months, I've done a couple tabling things for my illustration stuff. And I just thought, like, I'll just bring them just for fun. And I have sold, like, three or four pairs every single vending thing I've done. Yeah, it's great. What if it's one of those things where, like, you're working on other random shit and then, like, you drop an earring back and it happens to land right next to the paintbrush thing and you look up and you're like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. That's it. That's yeah, right. well, hey, timing re- timing is, is so important. It's so important. I mean, I was so 
ahead of my time. I can't even tell you. <laughs> but seriously, there's been a few times. Um, usually, I'm like late to the party. I'm late to the party with all the bands I like. You know, so many things. I I get like after it's already out of style, I discover it, and then I get into it. But um, you know, like my my I did a Ouija board show back in a long time ago, and. You know, it didn't sell anything. It was not popular. It was, yeah. uh, uh, and now it's like everybody does a Ouija board show. There's all kinds of spirit board shows. Um, yeah. Just like, and my, my, um, uh, Disturb the Normal DVD, those animations, which are like, oh, you know, if I had, if NFTs were a thing, I'd be a millionaire right now. If yeah. NFTs were a thing uh -huh. in 2004, when I had to render everything at, 720 by 486 resolution so played on the tv you know it's yeah. like <laughs> so you so timing you know uh, it's one thing to have a great idea it's another thing to have a great idea and and, and have it come out at the at the right time not too early yeah. not too late you know yeah absolutely anyway so what i was saying i i, I have to do full <laughs> dis full disclosure um both Kay and rachel are uh uh, uh mentorship people on my mentorship on my patreon mentorship thing now uh i don't have everybody on my mentorship on the podcast i just think that you're both so talented that uh and interesting too it's it's weird you, i told you this from the beginning that as artists you're like you know the the complete package super <laughs> seriously yeah seriously what we pay you for I'm serious keep going keep I'm serious going. super talented and then very interesting as people so uh, I just think and that and that's 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 how you sell art you know you make you make really good artwork and you have an interesting story behind it mm -hmm. um, and. Also, I have to say, the uh, it's a Dark Art Society podcast first. It's the first time we've ever had anybody who's non-binary on the show. So Yay! congratulations. <laughs> you'll, you'll, hey, the first gay-ass motherfuckers <laughs> up on here. Great. That's great. Wait, I, I also want to point out, is this the first set of twins, too? Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's like layer and layer of interesting things about about you. Um, well, just, uh, setting trends here. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> what about wait photographers? Have you had photographers on before? Mm, I'd like to. I'd like to. I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. 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 First, first gay photographer on the podcast. The first. The first drag artist, maybe. Yeah. I okay. Think, I wow, think, I think uh, maybe it's hard. Off the list. <laughs> <laughs> There's many firsts here. It's hard to remember because I've done so many podcasts at this point. And I like, I uh, do them, I do the work to edit them, I post them, and then I just don't think about them anymore <laughs> yeah, ever again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do, you know, it's like part of the, it's like my day job now. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, not that I, I don't enjoy doing it, but um, yeah, so I just thought it, that was uh, something worth mentioning. And it's like, on uh, on one hand, it's like, <clears throat> you know, you want to make note of it and say, that's cool. On the other yeah. hand, I was like, maybe they, you know, but it's it's so part of your, your I mean, it's it's in, I think it's in both your art, art, artistic statements, you know, so it's part of yeah. your art too. Uh, but I was going to say, on the other hand, I was thinking, maybe it's, maybe I shouldn't make a big deal out of it because who gives a shit? That's the whole point of people being who they are, being non-binary, whatever. 
It's like, you know, nobody wants special rights as as much as people, you know, on the on the other, uh, you know, people that are kind of against it say that people, you know, marginalized people want special rights. Everybody just wants what the same rights as everybody else, and to kind of be left alone is the way it seems like to me, right? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret chat. Okay. We're Leos, and we love attention. Okay, then you love attention. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, it's just I, I just felt like you know what it's 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 timely. You know, it's like this stuff is getting into mainstream culture and uh so it's probably a good time to just make note of it and mention it because it's it's a it's a good thing so um anybody's who's anybody's doing the non-binary thing now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i would but... say i i don't i i uh i think it was k i was i was saying i was saying or i think it was k i was saying i was thinking about the concept of being non-binary and what a cool idea that is it's just like conceptually from like it's seeing it from an artist's point of view. Yeah. Uh, it's like that's really it really feels like futuristic and yeah. and, and and cool, you know? It, it's it's a trip. It's a trip. It's 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 a crazy world we're living in. I love it. I was just telling my friend uh, I was telling Ryan Casey the other day. It's like it's such a great time to be alive. People are so so bogged down with all the shit that's going on that that yeah. we don't stop and think how amazing it is. How amazing it is that you know, you can be non-binary and, you know, safer than you were a few years ago, even a few years ago, you know, it's still, still, there's a ways to go for sure. But, um, you know, you can practice magic. You could talk about just about anything and no one's going to burn you at a stake. It's, it's kind of amazing. Um, Yeah. Anyway, enough of me, enough of me blabbering. Um, yeah. So anyway, you, you, you talk about, um, uh, your work, okay? Like, uh, you're, you you do you do so much. You do so much stuff. You'll get I, your you get your turn next week. <laughs> Talk about your work. You can hang out. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you're you're welcome to hang out. You I can do like, back like, a little bit, Kaylee. God no. You're like two peas in a pod. It's it's all good with me. I just yeah, the focus is on focus on Kay just because this is her episode. Unless yeah. you want to make this both your episode. You know. This is their episode. This is. Oh, I'm sorry. This is their episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just start getting a megaphone and like they chat. They. <laughs> hey, I, it's it's new to me. It's still new to me. It's like uh, I know. I'm fucking around. I really I don't mind. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've talked about that before as well. Um, you're learning and you're putting in a good effort, and that's what matters. That's what counts, really. Is is yeah. uh, is is. Just to try, you know, because it's I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure non-binary people when they first come out as non-binary forget, you know, I have no clue <laughs> because it it's is... cultural, you know, it's everywhere. The, the he she thing is yeah. just it's part of mm-hmm. deep in the culture, you know. Uh, I misgender myself. <laughs> it happens. I fuck up K's pronouns all the time. It happens. There you know. go. I love that. Yeah, it, it really does happen. Like, I'll just be like, I'm turning into a cisgender woman now, like, just being an idiot. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I do that shit all the time, so it's it's no big deal. It right. happens, you know. As cool. long as you, like, 
you know, you're learning, you accept it, yeah, yeah, correct yourself and move on. You know, that's that's what you got to do. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah, as a a little bit of a description, so I am K Britain. I have like twelve artist names <laughs> and <Yeah>. counting. <laughs> that's true. And, <laughs> and what? And counting. And counting. <laughs> and yeah, I maybe you have, should list the names off first because some people <laughs> might know you as a different name. Yeah, so I have a twin sibling who is also a non-binary artist. They are a photographer and a drag artist, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about them next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is my time to shine. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, we also, just as a side note, we also have a triplet. Just just thought I'd squeeze that in there, too. Yeah, that's another uh, totally crazy thing. Now, is this triplet super talented also? He's very talented. He's more in... He's very into cooking and video games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he would He would do really good in, like, game art and stuff. But he's... I don't think he would necessarily call himself himself an artist. So, yeah. But he's very... Yeah, yeah. Very, very talented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do... Well, you can leave whenever you want. Great. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> bye. I'll talk to you next week. I'll see you uh, next week. Bye, bitch. Okay. See ya. There's the door. <laughs> I, I'm hungry. I want my chicken chili, damn it. <laughs> so apparently, you both live together. <clears throat> we do live together, yes. Yeah. So, um, I am a fine artist, illustrator, and drag artist. So, my fine art name, kind of, we've talked about this a gajillion times, but I'm in between names as a non-binary person. So, right now, it's kind of in between K Britain and Noni Britain. Um, I'll accept either, but I'm kind of, I'm whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, my illustration shop is Decaley. That's like my illustration name or Decaley Shop is like my handle and then my drag name used to be Salem Massacre. <laughs> um <laughs> and then over time I think as I came out as non-binary I kind of realized that I don't want to do drag as like one character at all times and so every time I do drag I get dressed up as a different character that I design through the makeup process, Mm -hmm. if that kind of makes sense. Uh, And so my drag name is The Mannequin, but every time I do drag, I have a different drag name, if that makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like a a marketing nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, I do what I can. I like to keep people on their toes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I, I, I uh, Another uh, first for me with you was, uh, I, I, maybe you remember me saying, is that I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in drag, just never really clicked with me until I saw your drag. And I was like, oh, I get it. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Your drag is amazing. It's so thank good. You. Yeah, I, I don't know why I'm drawn to so many, like, different mediums but i know that over time i've been like well maybe i should like trim back or like cut down and i just those were the three things that i was like i just i don't think i can get rid of any of them like those are, yeah those are the ones that you stick with is the, the yeah. ones that just won't let you go yeah i feel very solid and secure in like 
drag illustration and fine art and i think it helps me to be able to just jump around from different things it helps like my creative brain work mm -hmm. um so it helps me to have just like different venues of creativity that i can like okay i'm sick of drawing i'm gonna you know jump on photoshop and like color in like something and then oh i'm sick of that okay i'm gonna do a drag look or you know whatever so right yeah, yeah I, I I don't think it's uncommon. It's I mean, I hear this a lot with artists, and it's true for me as well. You know, I'm interested in music and computer animation, and a lot yeah. of artists I know are just <clears throat> creative people in general, so yeah. they like to learn a lot of different things. And, um, yeah. you know, for me, it was, it was a concerted effort to focus on oil painting only. Yeah. It was like I had, had to make myself do it, and, uh, you know, you're you're still you know you're years before I was at that point you know you're young so you, you can you know you could still do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm getting to the point where I'm old enough that I can start doing that again. <laughs> you know, like establish myself as an oil painter that now I can do side things. Yeah, and, and kind of like oh it's it's an it's an interesting little side thing I'm doing. Um, yeah, but the thing is you know you're you're uh, uh, you're uh, graphite work is off the hook amazing i mean this this drawing behind you oh this old thing this, yeah. this little thing this yeah. five foot drawing that you know you cranked out that yeah, little this, thing yeah no big deal no big deal that should be something i did over the weekend that should be the cover i think i agree of with this you. episode because this piece is significant yeah um I think it's, it's marked a, like a turning point. Um, it's like, it's marked a portion in my art journey. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's reestablishing myself as a, as a fine artist because I did after I graduated college and for probably like two years after I like stopped doing fine art for a while and mm -hmm. I stopped, I had, stopped doing self-portraits for a really long time. So I think uh, I got back into drawing last year, actually. I think it was like either it was December of like 2019 or something, or maybe it was a little bit earlier than that, but not super far off um, that I started drawing again. So I, I took a little bit of a break, but I think for being like back into drawing again, and having done this a year after being, you know, back yeah. into art, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it just marks a very significant um, point point in my art career. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's crazy that that's the piece you did. To I yeah. mean, this is like this is this is you know the main reason I I'm having on the podcast is it's like you know you're one of those rare exceptions of someone who's really early on in their career and they're just like fully formed artistically not to say you're not going to grow and change and all that but right. you know what you're doing now is solid it's like you know Lori Lipton is the first person that comes to mind as far as the league you're in and Lori yeah. Lipton sells her shit for a lot of money in blue chip galleries you know but and I think your work is on that level so <laughs> Shed, I appreciate that. It's it's true. You know, you know. I'm, I'm always telling you, 
what, what a fan I am. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but, not to brag here, folks, but Seth Farr is a fan of my work, so uh, step aside, pal. Yeah. So uh, let's hear about, um, you know, well, give us your life story in a nutshell. I mean, was, did, when did you start your well, art, art which, journey and, you know, were you the, the art kid and all that stuff I always ask people on this show? Well, it was a foggy day on August 9th, 1696. <laughs> <laughs> Let me really paint the picture for you. So, Set the mood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. We and Rachel, like we've always been artsy kids. I'm going to say we a lot because me and Rachel have done a lot of our like art journey together. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's um, the... the yeah it's a true it's a trip because like i said you're both you know you you're kind of like you're like twins in that way that's why i was yeah. surprised to find out you were triplets because you were seem very very close yes yeah me and rachel are definitely up each other's ass all the time <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay so anyway continue yeah so yeah foggy day um so we we're born actually we don't live too far away from the hospital we were uh, born at which is interesting to mm, me but yeah. um so we were grew up the first couple of years of our lives with our siblings and our parents um in Muskegon, Michigan and then we moved down to Saudi Daisy Tennessee oh and so we we grew up our like early childhood was in Tennessee Wow, that was that conservative. Was it conservative yeah, there? But you know, from what I remember, like I don't think we were super like oddballs at the time. Uh, so because okay. it was just early childhood until we were like nine, I think. Uh, okay. So I don't remember it being super conservative because I think like, yeah, how how weird can you be early yeah. childhood? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, we were artsy though. We were always like dabbling in things though. Um, but yeah, early childhood was in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. We, you know, yeah, Christian, we'd go to church, uh, every week. It was funny though, because our parents, like they were, <laughs> this is just like a funny, weird fact, but, um, my dad is like super into heavy metal and my mom <laughs> really like yeah and our, our mom is she's into metal too but she was also into like pop music too uh, so it was funny because after church every week <laughs> like there were certain you know we couldn't listen to slayer or anything <laughs> you know <laughs> um but we could listen to like Chevelle and like um, uh, censored Metallica CDs and shit. So uh -huh. every week, like after church, I just I have it's a very uh, beautiful memory that we'd always listen to like Chevelle <laughs> on the way back <laughs> from church because it was like the heaviest that our parents could right. listen to without it like crossing All the right. line of being like too disturbing or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Grew up in Tennessee, super like naturey uh, environment. We were always playing outdoors. We were super artsy, and we always were like 
you know, we'd be outdoors like or on the playground and stuff and we'd make like little fairy huts and stuff like <laughs> out right. of sticks and stones and stuff on the playground. Um, yeah. And then when we were nine, we moved back to Muskegon and we were in Muskegon all through high school. And then, uh, yeah, we were always artsy there, too, always like doodling in class and shit. And in high school, uh, Rachel and I were, <laughs> for our senior year of high school, we were both elected for mock elections, the female most artistic. Oh, wow. <laughs> A lot of our classmates couldn't tell us apart, so <laughs> they, just, they just wrote down the Britain twins. <laughs> so funny. Because... I was in like the AP art classes and I took, I think I took AP art for two years. Technically, I think I took it like junior year and senior year. And I was always in like, you know, maxing out my art classes every, you know, chance I could. Rachel was in photography, but they didn't have like, they had photography classes, but they didn't, they weren't like generally, uh, they didn't coincide with like the art program. Mm. So I wanted to get most artistic, but we were both voted most artistic. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Was there a competition there since, since you're both artists? A little bit. I think with twins, um, we've always had like, there's like a healthy competition, but I think when it gets unhealthy is like comparing yourself to the other twin which right. seems to be more of a problem I have than Rachel <laughs> does, to be completely honest. Okay. Um, yeah. Rachel, I think Rachel has had a lot of successes over the past year uh, with getting into shows and publications and things, which is awesome and amazing. Mm. And I think I have been, I think after like the, you know, the whole story of like the grant thing that happened. So I think I had like a little bit of a low period where I was like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is working out for me. Like, and I felt, <laughs> I felt bad about like art stuff and I felt bad. Like my art wasn't not worth it, but you know, as an artist, like you get your periods of like, you know, like I'm not that good. Like, what am I doing? Right. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. You I get know? that once in a while still. Yeah. Yeah. So that's normal. You just can't let it stop you or drag yeah. you down. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, in high school, we were like the artsy kids and in college, I remember I fumbled a lot in college my first like year because I was like, I don't know if I want to be an artist. I don't know if this is what I want. And so I remember my freshman year, my winter semester of freshman year, I was like, okay, I'm going to not take any art classes and just see how that feels. And by the end of the semester, I was like, if I'm not taking art classes, there's no reason for me to be in college. <laughs> so that's what solidified oh, that. Wow. I was, yeah. Like, okay, I so, need so you weren't solidly as a little kid, like, I'm definitely going to be an artist when I grow up. You're sort of just that was just what you naturally did. And it didn't it solidify was, yeah, until it, college. It was what I did. And I remember in high school, I knew like, I'm going to go to college for art. But uh, I think after my first semester, I just dealt with a lot of depression. Mm. And I think that first semester just like, 
it really, <laughs> it hindered me in a lot of ways, I think. And I think, um, I think I've told you this before, but like I had a set way of doing things for my art when I was in high school. And then all of a sudden you're like being thrown into foundations classes and like you don't, not that you don't have your like your way of doing things, but it's like they're your instructors are trying to not disrupt it, but they're trying to get you to relearn basic art skills. Right, so like line right. and color, you know, conceptual thinking, all that. So I think my foundation classes, like obviously it disrupted the way I was doing things for good. I mean, I've learned a lot, obviously through those foundation classes. Mm. Um, but I think it just, it disrupted the way that I was working and the work that I was doing before, because actually in high school I was doing like for my AP art, uh, class, I was doing self portraits. Wow. And so it just kind even of back then. Yeah. Even, even back in the day. Interesting. I'll to, yeah. I'll have to show you some of the ones from high school. Yeah, I'd love to see those. Yeah. I, I used to be an oil painter and then after college, I had to, I felt like I had to give it up because not in a bad way. Cause I do like oil painting, but something about doing drag makeup and it being like a, it's kind of oil painty. Oh, I thought know? that. Yeah. I, since I come from that makeup background, makeup yeah. effects. And it's like, I remember when I first started painting in oils, I was like, Oh, this, this feels just like grease paint. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I think there was something, a weird like translation between like you know and my drag makeup is like very intense it's very detailed so i think there was something about translating doing makeup on my face which is a 3d surface and making it look like almost like a a flat surface yeah it's kind of like you are you 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 are an oil painter yeah but with drag yeah. Makeup. It's a trip. Yeah. But then, like, I can work in dry media just fine on paper. So I think there's just something about, like, I can't work in, like, wet media on a flat surface. Oh, I see. Or, right. I don't know. Um, yeah. In college, I, yeah, I, that first year or whatever kind of, like, screwed me up. But then I realized, like, yes, like, I want to be an art student. Like, I know I want to be in the art program. So, Started doing art classes again in my second year. So I was in college for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, my second year, I took more foundation classes. And then I think that winter semester of my second year, uh, because I only had one foundation class, they were like, well, I guess you can just start taking art electives because like, this is your second year in the program. Technically, you're supposed to be in illustration classes already. So I took uh, jewelry and metalsmithing hmm. that uh, that winter semester and blew my mind, loved it. <laughs> it was amazing. And I even, I think I won an award. Actually, I think I have the ring in my drawer um, that I won an award for that semester. And they have like a student art award at the end of each year and they would just like, you know, nominate different artists and their, 
you know, whatever art they had. And I made this ring. Can I take a picture of it? Yeah. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, wow. That, hold on. That's cool. <laughs> what kind of foot is that? This is a gray squirrel paw. Wow. And then I had, um, like, you can see, like, the little, uh, like, cast, uh, cast silver, casting grain, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then on the inside of the ring, I wrote uh, Skiris, Skiris carolinensis, which is the scientific name of the gray squirrel. Oh, cool. Where did you get the squirrel foot? <laughs> uh, I used to be, I guess this is something I totally jumped over from high school, but in high school, I used to process roadkill. <laughs> for fun or as a job? <laughs> uh, yeah, for fun. I used to just like, wow. Just, we lived on a dirt road, and so there was always like deer and raccoons and whatever. Um, and so, I don't know, I think I was just like, you know, high school goth, and I was like, well, I have space in the backyard, so I started, <laughs> I was super infatuated with, like, anatomy and mm -hmm. stuff, and so I started um, processing roadkill in <laughs> backyard. Another, another thing to the list of interesting things about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, to my mother's dismay, I was processing roadkill in her backyard, so. <laughs> wow, that did, th you know, this is a little side a side thing yeah. for a second, but because I'm really interested in anatomy, I have tons of anatomy books and, you know, skinned bodies and, and it's fascinating and interesting. And, um, but did you have to, was there like any kind of hurdle to like skinning a dead roadkill animal that you had to get over or were you kind of like, okay with it? It's like, I know that, you know, people that do that for a living, it's not a big deal. Yeah, but, you know, I, every time I see something on a video on someone who's like doing an autopsy or something, they're just like, yes, yeah, they're used to it. But I, I imagine at first it must be like kind of freaky or no, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I had been looking at like because I used to watch the show Oddities. Yeah, me too. And that's kind of like what I'm sure a lot of people in mm -hmm. the DAS used to watch Oddities. <laughs> um, I loved that show. And so yeah. I think. For me, it was like, it just comes with the territory. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so you didn't get yeah. grossed out and like bar for anything on your first roadkill or? No. No? No. I would always, um, I did like the, I don't know what you want to call it, like the natural way of doing things. So I would just like pick up roadkill with like, <laughs> I had, I'm telling you this, I, this is kind of embarrassing now. I had like a roadkill kit in my car. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like literally would have like Meyer bags, like extra Meyer bags in my trunk, a shovel, like whatever I needed. So if I needed to like just pick up, if I saw something that I <laughs> I would just pick it up really quick i love that <laughs> my mom every time oh my god she hated me she was like dude i don't want kill in the fucking yard god bless my mother i love her um that's amazing yeah so i i don't think it was that big of a deal to me because i've always been like interested in anatomy and like mortuary studies things like that because for a while i thought like well maybe i'll do 
like forensics or mm. maybe I'll do mortuary studies or something. But I've always I've recognized that I'm interested in those things, but it's not what I want to do for my day job. Right, right. Um, yeah, I did roadkill processing and stuff. So that's how I have the gray squirrel paw. Super cool. And yeah, thank you. A lot of my old jewelry stuff, I didn't, I forgot I had all the stuff. <laughs> I, just, I put it in the side of my desk uh, just like a couple weeks ago and forgot about it. But I used to just do all my metalsmithing projects like with bones and bugs and things. Oh, cool. Uh, let's see. If I can get this one untangled, I'll show you. Okay. I've just always been really interested um, in that type of stuff. So this one's like, this used to be a bracelet, and then I turned it into a necklace a while ago. But Wait, it's got... I want to take a picture. Oh, yeah. Cool. And yeah, I've that's got, awesome. I think this is a raccoon uh, or a possum vertebrae, and then this is a little bit of my hair when I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> In this little vial, and then this is like a mouse jaw or muskrat or something. I have no idea. And then like a little like chicken foot or something. Nice. I can't That's remember cool. what all, all of them are, but I used to like this is just the type of stuff I would do in my metalsmithing class. Um, and they liked it. <laughs> you get good, good grades. Yeah, I did. I metals was always like a good class for me. I really liked it. I, I took, I think I only took like three classes, but I would, I don't have like the money to get back into it, but I still have all my supplies. So I would like to eventually get back into metalsmithing because I, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, you do have jewelry in your, in your, uh, Etsy yeah. shop, you know, so you yeah. are doing it somewhat. Yeah. You just want to, would like to do the full on metal working yep. and. Yep. Casting and. Yeah. Yep. I do. I really like it. But yeah, I took metalsmithing classes. I'm trying to think of. I had a lot of things happen in college and. Um, trying to think what else. In college was when I started because I actually used to do drag makeup like every Halloween in high school. Mm hmm. And I'll have to send you some of those photos, too, because they're pretty atrocious. So <laughs> cool. Um, I used to do drag in high school every Halloween. And then I discovered I don't know how I discovered drag, but I know I came across it in like 2008 or something. So I don't know. And I started doing it every Halloween and like knew that it was something I wanted to do like professionally long term. Mm. Um. But obviously you can't do drag shows as a high schooler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose you could, but I, you know, in my town, they didn't have drag shows for right. schoolers. So, um, yeah, they had an amateur drag show every semester on campus in college. So I, I knew that I wanted to start doing it then. So... I started hanging out with another uh, drag queen student on campus, Ginger Ambrosia, and we're still friends now. And then um, Rachel would be our photographer, wow. <laughs> basically, because Rachel was taking photo classes. Yeah. 
So Rachel would like photograph myself, uh, Ginger, and then our friend who we lived with, who again we're still friends with, um, and his drag name was Bika Lovelace. And so we all were like doing drag together and Rachel would photograph. And so I think after like a year or two, we kind of convinced Rachel to be a drag king. So <laughs> <laughs> so then Rachel started doing drag too. So um, yeah, we're all friends still and Rachel's still my photographer. So here we are. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would do the drag shows on campus and then like alongside doing like my fine art classes and stuff but i actually enrolled in the illustration program at my school which part of me looking back um i'm not mad that i did that because i think it helped develop my illustration style whereas i wasn't like i never thought of myself as an illustrator i always looked at myself as a fine artist but mm -hmm. who knew that i had both of them in me so <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I think taking illustration classes for you know preparation to be a fine artist is actually yeah better than what a lot of fine art programs taught from yeah. what i've heard um yeah depending on the school of course but you know a lot of that a lot of the i know people that went to college for fine art and it was all like you know the the usual conceptual or abstract or throw a bunch yep. of stuff in a box and you know no no fundamentals or anything and, and you got to know all that stuff in illustration yeah absolutely it like i never thought of myself as like a digital artist and i still i don't mm -hmm. <laughs> consider myself a digital artist but i think learning how to use digital tools like for illustration has really helped me oh, so for sure. like obviously like photoshop Oh my God, I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like I use Illustrator every once in a while, but Photoshop, I'm so glad I had classes on that because mm. I had no idea how to use it before, you know? Right. Yeah, it's so, invaluable. Yeah. It's just, it's so smart to know, even just like when scanning things or photographing fine artwork, it's so good just to know, like, literally. Uh, brightness and contrast levels and <laughs> yeah if you do, if you're an art if you're yeah if you're a visual artist and you don't know photoshop it's like it's almost like being a painter and not 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 knowing how to use uh uh a filbert or like a certain type of brush or or something yeah. it's like it's part it's one of the you know it's as important as just about anything um, yeah. as a tool it's like it's indispensable, so it, it should be it should be learned by every visual artist. I think just the, yeah, you know, or something like it. But Photoshop's the, kind of the ultimate. Um, so, how, oops, how did you? Uh, what was the the next step of after college? I mean, how, how, what's what's how did it go? Um, after college, I got a job at which you know I just recently left that job. Yes. So. <laughs> I graduated in 2018 of like April of 2018, uh, college for five years. Holy it was shit. Time. You graduated in 2018. Yeah. 2018 feels like, you know, I don't know, a year ago to me. <laughs> it's, I think it's crazy to like, just look at like just how far I've 
come just from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's, you know? a, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you're, like I said, you're kind of fully formed. But, yeah. but, well, but, <laughs> um, so, what, so you, yeah, that, that's funny too. The, the, uh, I have to say the little story about you leaving your job. Um, you, you, I, I feel like that was sort of the perfect thing for you, the way it happened, because you were yeah. like, yeah, I'm sick. I can't take it. And I was like, I know I couldn't take it either, but I suffered for seven years while I did my art career. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then, and I was like, you should just keep your job. You have income coming in, steady income and make things easier on you. And I recommended against it because I'm, uh, uh, you know, a father myself and and a responsible old man, and um, and then next time we talked, you're like, "Well, I quit my job." Yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like, "But I was like, that's that's how it should be done." You know what I mean? It's not like you you shouldn't be telling people uh, if you're mentoring them, you shouldn't be telling them to quit their job willy nilly because, you know, it has to be. And the same thing is with with having an art career. It has to be like you are so committed that you can't do it anything else yeah that's the only reason you should be an artist if you're totally it's it's the thing you have to do and if you have to quit that job even at the even at the going against your mentor's advice then that's then you probably should quit your job if it's that important to you and it, it and it's so far it seems to have worked out pretty well for you yeah i um it it was so funny it for a long time, like I, <laughs> this is not embarrassing, but I hope <laughs> anyone from my job doesn't hear this. But <laughs> basically, when I started the job, because it was it was for jewelry and metalsmithing, and I was a stone setter at my job. And I remember when I started that job, because I've obviously like as an artist, you start a job and you're never like this is the thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm so happy working for someone else. Like, I mean, I'm sure some people are, but I wasn't. And I remember like literally within the first couple of weeks of being there, I was like, I got to get out of here. (laughs) I just, and it was, it, there were a lot of good things about that job. Like I got to listen to my music all day. Like I, for the most part, I just got to work independently Um, so it was nice for that because it just gave my brain like time to just listen to music, to, you know, get ideas for things, listen to podcasts. The Dark Art Society podcast got me through a lot of those hours at work. Um, but one of the things that really solidified my decision actually was I had my mentor at my job and she taught me everything I knew about the job and she sat right next to me. And, um, I remember she had been there for like 25 or 26 years and she was so looking forward to retiring and she was planning on retiring June of 2020. And I had been there, I think a year and a half at that point. And in December of 2019, she passed away. Oh my God. And it was really upsetting, I mean, for everyone in my department, obviously, because we were like, wow, like she really, you know, 
she's put 25 or 26 years of her life into this business. And it was very, I think the most tragic thing about that happening was that she was so looking forward to retirement and she did not get to enjoy it at all. Oh my God. Yeah. It is. That is like, it's very depressing. Yeah. Super depressing. It's super depressing. And so that was one of those things that solidified my decision even though I stayed for another like year and a half or something, it was that was one of those things that just was like, you can't be here for a long time because like you know the corporate job world they don't give a shit about employees. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like okay, come in, do work. You know, you you give your life to a company and like you're replaceable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you know, you don't matter at in the cog of of the you know the grand scheme of things. So anyway, that was just a very like upsetting thing that helped fuel myself as an artist. You know, right. um, but like I said, I had taken a couple years off from uh, like from college i had taken a couple years off of drawing and i kind of i didn't really know what my drawing style was anymore just from those years in college where you know foundation classes and i was focusing on illustration so i was like i don't really know what my fine art looks like anymore because before i had been doing oil paintings and self-portraits so um i think it was last year i'm pretty sure it was last year in like January or it could have been like December or a little bit early or like later in 2019 that I decided to start drawing again. And I just started with like a little, it wasn't very great. You know, it Mm. it looked like me, but it wasn't, I don't think it really looks like me, but um, I just started with that a little like, you know, maybe nine inch by five inch drawing or something very small And then the second one I did was actually the one, tresses, the one that prepared me for this. Really? That's, yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. That was just the second one after um, getting back into drawing. So, and then it took me a long time because I was working on a, you know, on my full-time job schedule. So, I didn't draw very often and it took a very long time for me to like get drawings done. Like I, I think I worked on those tiny things for like four months each or something. <laughs> I just didn't have the time, you know, on top of everything else I was doing. Um, during the pandemic, like I had seven weeks off of my job during the pandemic. Well, I know we're still in it obviously, but right. I had seven weeks of unemployment, which was, I loved it. A lot of people didn't love it. I loved being at home and just getting to work on art shit. Right. It really worked for me. (laughs) Um, And then going back to work was fine. But I think uh, my twin, Rachel, actually used to work for another, like, corporation. And they quit their job. I can't remember if it was during the pandemic or not, but they, we have like a photo studio in our apartment. And so after that, Rachel started bugging me incessantly about, Hey, you should quit your job. Why don't you quit your job? 
wouldn't you like to be at home with me all day? Maybe you should quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's Rachel's fault. It really is Rachel's fault. <laughs> right? yeah, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have quit unless Rachel, like, if I didn't but, have Rachel bugging me every day. But, Ray, but, but the thing the thing is, Rachel has your best interest at heart. Yeah. Because you're Absolutely. so close. So it's not like someone just kind of telling you, yeah, quit your job without really thinking it through. Yeah. Rachel has always been like my biggest cheerleader and being like, you know, because I've always been we grew up poor. So we've always been like insecure about like money and stuff and like. I have to make a certain amount every month and like, blah, blah. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, like, mm. and I've always just been like, you know, torn up with anxiety about that. And which is why I never quit. Um, but Rachel has always been like my cheerleader and has always just been like, you know, you're going to figure it out. You're going to do it. You're going to be fine. Worst case scenario, like we've got each other's backs, you know, we mm. can be freelance together. Right, right. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, so Rachel's all like has always been my cheerleader. But I will say that like working a day job there's certainly not a problem in that. Um obviously like I had a schedule, I had a paycheck, I had health insurance and I had a 401k. So those were all great things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to have in a day job, but Absolutely. I remember when I announced that I was I had put in my 2 weeks and they, I had some people that were like really, really nice and were like, oh, you're doing art stuff. Good for you. Because to be honest, I wasn't this is going to sound weird. I wasn't out as an artist to everyone like at my job. I also wasn't out as non-binary to like anyone at my job. Oh, interesting. Um, Just for like there were a lot of conservative people I worked with. And I was like, it, I don't. Think, yeah. Who wants to no, deal with that shit? Yeah, I was like, no one's going to use they, them pronouns for me anyway, so I just, I don't, I'm not going to bring it up, because right. it doesn't matter. So, um, I had, there were a couple people, there was one uh, of my coworkers that was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had a few yeah, of those very, people cheering me on yeah. that way at my job, too. Yeah, she was super nice, and... But, you know, I had a lot of people that were, you know, obviously are not artists or not in the art world. And I had a bunch of people that were like, you doing art. Cool. <laughs> Good for you. And I had I remember I had one of my coworkers and she was like, oh, so you're leaving to do art stuff. Yep. You know, if that doesn't work out, I'm sure they'll take you back. And that was another one of those things that like solidified. I was like, I will prove you wrong. Yeah, I will yeah. never be back. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure she, her intentions were good. She just, you yeah. know. But but, you do you know the story about Adam Jones being in the effects from Tool, the guitar player from Tool? Yeah. He, he worked at Stan Winston's. He was in effects. That's how, that's yeah. how I, we met originally. Um, and so he he started Tool. While he was at Stan Winston's, and then he was yeah. like, "Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna leave. I gotta quit to go go on tour with this band." And everyone was like, "All right, see you back when you know, see you soon when your band yeah. doesn't make it." And everyone was giving him shit, you know, like, "We'll see you back here. We'll see yeah. you back here." And he was like, and he became like huge, yeah, you know, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so it's you're awesome. you're doing the same thing, so that's great. Well, thank you. That's 
I definitely feel like I'm in like a I'm in a launching area of my career. Like I'm not completely sure on where, like what I'm doing or where I'm going, but I'm like, I'm getting to that, that cusp. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But that's actually funny. Like obviously love tool. Um, my mom turned me on to tool. <laughs> You're making me feel so old. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mom turned me on to tool. Uh, I think in like, 2008 or something and like we've everyone in my family likes tool but um yeah it's just so funny how sometimes like your uh music choices go great with your parents like some people have opposite right but no our family like we all listen to the same shit my mom always (laughs) listened to more like i'd say she listened to more like grungy Mm -hmm. music but my dad was always like the you know anthrax metallica slayer megadeth type duel dude you know (laughs) so we had we had a really good mix of like new metal and like hair metal and shit so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were, we were talking about uh, at my day job? Oh yeah, I had I had people who were just like naysayers, and right. you know, they were like, "Yep, you'll, you know, they'll take you back, whatever." Which I was like, I know they probably will, but I was like, but I don't want to be right. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my thing too. It was like, I I have a fallback. That's how I felt when I left FX. I can go yeah. back to it. I know I can get a job. Yeah. But I don't want to. Yeah. And I really would not want... I mean, that would... I really wouldn't want to do that. That would feel bad. Yeah. So I, I get you. Yeah. I don't know. It just... I There were... Like I said, there were definitely benefits of the job that were great for me creatively. But the biggest thing was that, like, you know my schedule was so early in the day and I'd get out, I'd need like, you know, an hour to wind down, I'd eat dinner. And then it was like, you know, you only have so many hours to make art. And no matter what I did, I would like always consistently go to bed later and later and later Mm -hmm. and got to the point where I was like getting five to six hours of sleep a night consistently for like two years. Right. <laughs> and I just, because I was like, I, I have to right. make when I get home, you know, like I have to do it. Yeah. And it was like, I was exhausted all the time. I had like this weird buzzing in the front of my brain. Damn. It was like, I was so tired and, I don't know what it was, but it was just like I had a buzzing in my brain all the time. Wow. And I also had terrible anxiety while I was at the job. At the job. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I didn't even realize. Like, I never thought I had anxiety, but I would tell Rachel, I'd be like, yeah, I have this, like, weird, like, it feels like butterflies in my stomach, but it's on my heart. And Rachel's like, yeah, I think that's anxiety. <laughs> oh, shit. And I would have it all the time, you know, just, I don't know. Anyway, it just, there were good things about that job, but 
like I didn't start that job thinking I'm going to be here for 40 years and I'm going to retire, right. you know? Right. So I just recently left the job. I think just, I don't, it wasn't super long ago, maybe, maybe two months ago. Right. Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed that's a big change is that um, I've been getting eight hours of sleep a night, which is great. Yeah. I look more beautiful and well-rested than ever. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was a good change for me. I have noticed that, like, my schedule, I think I texted you about yes. this the other day, that, like, my schedule and my sense of time has just gone out the window, though. <laughs> So just this week, I have, like, set a schedule for myself, and I've, like, told myself that I want to do, I want to exercise, have drawing or illustration time, and I want to have sketchbook time every single day. Mm -hmm. And that has been really good for me (laughs) to just, like, to fuck around and just to to have my three goals every single day that's been really good for me. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And if you and the thing is from my experience it's easy at first because you're kind of pumped about it and excited yeah. and then when it yeah. be, then there there comes a point where you start slacking. You let yourself you're like, "Oh, I've been doing it for 3 months now. I got to give myself a break." Yeah. And then it's easy to fall off the horse in that way and it get, and then it gets like, "Oh, one day turns into two, turns into three yeah. that you didn't do any of your stuff." And um that's how it was, man. From from my experience, it's like that's okay. You just go back to it. As soon, yeah. You know, as soon as you realize, "Oh, I'm totally slacking. I'm off my schedule." You just go back to it. And then it's and then it's like that's how you do it. So, you know, I used to really get down on myself because I would start off with these great intentions and then I would go for a while and then I would just stop and then I would be like, Oh, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm not that kind of person. And, um, and then that just makes it worse. But when I just kind of went back to it, um, I was, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. It's like, it's kind of like being, you know, an alcoholic or something. If you, if you, if you have a drink, you know, you're not supposed to just throw it all away. Even if you have a binge and you're like, okay, I got to get back. I got to go back to it. And then it's all good. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, but structure is important. It's one of the hardest things about being a freelancer or, or working for yeah. yourself. People don't realize it's hard to make yourself. There's so much stuff you have to do aside from the art. There's yeah. so much you have to do, you know, when you're like a just doing everything yourself pretty much. Yeah. I found that my day job was really helpful because I like I work really good. And I'm sure most artists do that. I work really good with a set schedule every day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm also this is like a thing from David Lynch, which is hilarious. But like like you eat the same thing every day. Mm, like mm. you have the same breakfast. Yeah, me t- I'm like dinner. that too. Yeah. Like I just, I just work best that way because I know what to count on. Right. And I, you know, I know what is going to happen yeah. for the day, but now I'm just realizing like, I am not going to get fired if I wake up late, you know, right. like I have to be the one to get myself up to like okay here's the first two hours of the day we're doing sketchbook like that's good you know i I have to be the one to be hard on myself it's a discipline it's discipline that's it you know it's a discipline issue 
Yep. So that's what I've been up to. But um, I did have a funny story I forgot to tell while I was talking, um, or not funny, but uh, while I was talking about college that I took, while I was doing illustration classes, I took a intermediate uh, painting class, an oil painting class. And I remember my uh, painting instructor, she was like, okay, class, which it was funny, it was two people, (laughs) someone else in the class. Um, She was like, okay, like, what I want you to do is hang up uh, 20 paintings that you like in your studio space, because we had like little mini painting studios. And she was like, hang up 20 paintings that you like for next class period. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. You know, printed them out, hung them up. I actually have some of them. I wonder if I can turn the computer to it. I have some of them. I just recently um, added, (laughs) I'll show you. So I have a bunch of shit hung up on my wall for inspiration. Yeah, wait, don't move. We're going to take a picture. Okay, cool, I like it. Oh yeah, and I have my my googly eyes still. Um, back here, these, um, are all paintings that I've had, uh, those were in my painting studio. Uh-huh. I, I think there's a Jerome Whitkin, uh, Maria Teeker type, do you know her name? Philadelphia artist? No. Maria Teeker, the plastic wrap one, um, Michael Husser, uh, Marilyn Minter, Carille, uh, Camille Rose Garcia. Anyway, there were more than that, but there, those were a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So I had those all hung up in my um, in my studio space, and <laughs> my professor, she was like looking at them and was like, "Okay, so what do you see?" And I was like. I don't know. They're just all paintings that I like. I don't know what they're all about. Cause she was like, what do you see or what like unifies them? You know? And I was like, I, they're just paintings that I like. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what unified them, but sometimes you need another person to like, can see something so obvious that you can't. And she like took a step back and she was like, well, they're all people. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I was so like, simple. Interesting. I didn't see that before. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, they're all people or portraits. Right. I was like, Okay, great. Yep. Didn't see that before. <laughs> and then she was like, Now, this is what blew my mind. She was like, And they're all about transformation. Wow. And that, like, like, right. just completely shook shit up for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had, at the time, I was, like, I was just dabbling in drag at the time, and I was in illustration, and I had done self-portraits, but I wasn't really doing them, and I didn't really know what all of my work was about, Mm -hmm. and she said that, and I was just like, holy shit, you're so right, it hurts, (laughs) because all all of my work is about transformation. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a perfect segue too because I wanted to um uh talk about your work. 
Yeah, and I know we haven't really talked about I that. Yeah. Well, now we're getting you know we're getting your your story, and uh, 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 now let's get into the work. Yeah. Um. You you talk about your work. I mean, you do self portraits a lot. You yep. do different things, so it's hard. Uh, so it's hard to know where to start, really. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a you, you know your graphite is your main thing? If you were to yeah. have, if you were to choose a main thing. Yeah, it'd be a graphite so. work. Yeah, I think so too. I yeah. think so too. Um, but it's, yeah, it's funny how like I didn't do drawing or like self portraits in such a long time that I just was like, when I was finally ready to return to drawing, I was like, I don't know really what I want to do. And I was like, I guess I'll just do a self portrait again. And it just, it just works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tradition too. It's, 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 yeah. it's a fine art tradition. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, uh, it's very traditional too, which is, I think, yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, being a non-traditional kind of person and doing a traditional, tra- traditional artist. Yeah, seriously. Like to do, <laughs> doing it in a traditional medium like that is really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Conceptually, you know. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Oh, so, so why, why you, do you just, is it intuitive and do you like. Uh, analyze it and think deeper about it the self-portrait thing yeah i definitely i mean if you look at everything that i do i would argue that like everything i do is about transformation everything i do is a self-portrait in a sense Mm -hmm. because like my illustration is like the world that exists in my brain it's like i'm drawing like the characters and like the way i wish things were all the Mm -hmm. time you know, like the weird, wacky, goofy shit. Yeah, I love, I love it too. That it, yeah. that has a we haven't talked about it that much, but yeah, like, yeah. Your your graphic stuff is so good. It's so funny and excellent. I love it. Yeah, your Thank shirts you. and I stuff. Love, I love being just like silly and goofy, and like I like making people laugh, mm-hmm. and so. I try to make like weird combos for things. So like in my Etsy, I have. I have greeting cards for a lot of like trans affirming surgery. So mm-hmm. I have uh, a headstone that says here lie my boobs, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, that's appropriate for like people having double mastectomy mm-hmm. for people yeah. having uh, top surgery. If you're trans, I've also got one that's a headstone that says here lies my dead name, which is like, mm-hmm. For trans people, non-binary people, people that are just changing their first or last name, whatever. Um, but I like—I just like combining weird things and like making spooky, silly things. Yeah, I, yeah. It's and I actually—I pulled one thing. <laughs> My bed is also a workspace. Oh, I, I, uh, I know about that. I, I know how that goes. I, just drew this like last week but this is kind of one of my more notable characters mm-hmm. i gotta get a picture yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> great <laughs> i don't know if it's reflected so you can't read the text but yeah very important pumpkin yeah vip it's excellent yes yeah. vip that's... <laughs> i don't know i just like doing stupid shit and then i also this is one i just finished yesterday and i uploaded it today but it's a cow stripper and it says tip me <laughs> <laughs> cash cow cash cow that's great yeah that's great yeah thank you so i yeah i love the i love the humor 
you know, I, I love the the creativity and the humor, uh, as yeah. especially that the Tombstone series of cards. It's like it's kind of serious, but it's hilarious. Yeah. You you do it yeah. in a way that's hilarious, so it's okay to you know it's okay. Doesn't everything doesn't have to be heavy all the time? You know, it's yeah. like I'm sure being um, <clears throat> non-binary, uh, there's extra heaviness. Yeah. than uh, uh, cis people. So it's like nice to lighten it up and, you know, yeah, be able to laugh about it and, and have it be just a normal, Well, you know. yeah, and that, like I love, like I, like I said earlier, I've done a couple of vending events over this summer and it's so like refreshing to just have like, like all my wacky, colorful, you know, products or whatever. And like to have people walk up and be like, queerdo oh and then like they laugh and i like i just like making people laugh you know um that's, that's another great. just part of my personality is like and why it goes with drag so well is like right. i like just making people chuckle and i you know i'm a showman in that way <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so my illustration work is more, like, what's inside my brain. And I always tell people that, like, if I had to pick, because there's so many iterations of, like, the Batman universe, if I had to pick a Batman universe to live in, it would either... I mean, the Tim Burton one is amazing, obviously, but the Joel Schumacher Batman <laughs> Robin, bitch, that movie is drag. Right. <laughs> That movie is so fucking gay. Yeah. I love it. So I fucking <laughs> love that movie. I don't care what anyone else says. It is amazing and incredible. And I, I worked love on that movie. Did you know I worked on that movie? <gasps> you didn't. Yeah. You did this is the not. one with, uh, is this the one with Mr. Freeze? Yes. Yeah. We, we did a bunch of frozen bodies for that. No way! Yeah. <laughs> no way, dude! I fucking love that movie. Joel, so Schum much. Joel Schumacher was was great. He was hilarious. He was. I oh mean, for what little God. I saw him, I remember he would always say, "It's cuckoo bananas." He would always say that on set. <laughs> I love that. Chet, thank you for your service. That movie has turned a lot of people gay. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Literally everyone in the drag community that's like spooky and weird. I'm telling you, everyone loves that fucking movie. Really? Wow. Yes. It's got a yes. cult following now. It is amazing. I fucking love that movie. Thank you so much for telling me that. I didn't know that you worked on it. Oh my god. <laughs> that just makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Fun. It was fun. It was like all fr it was all people, you know, real yeah. realistic people in poses oh and then like god. we made these ice things around them. It was super challenging but really fun. I love that. Thank you for telling me that. Oh my god. No problem. <laughs> You're like, not a prop. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, wacky, weird, wacky shit making people laugh. Okay, so I have, like, the weird characters and shit that definitely, like, stem from drag. And I definitely, I want to start doing more illustrations, like, of my drag characters. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Just, like, kind of, like, bring them. Yeah bring an illustration to life, but also like make a comic world, like out of the characters. So, mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, I used to perform as just Salem Massacre and then like just decided I didn't want to be one character all the time. I have like character makeups that I'll do multiple times. Like there's a lot of iterations. I don't know if you've seen where I do that eye illusion where it like kind of comes up mm-hmm. yeah. and it, my eyes look really big. Yeah. That I decided that character is Kiwi the clown. Mm-hmm. So I do Kiwi a lot. Like when I'm just want to like, that's like my normal drag makeup now when I just want to like throw something on and go out um, like to a show or something. So there's Kiwi the clown, and then there's like oh God. There's so many characters. I'm I'm not even, I'm not even gonna go in there. Okay, that, <laughs> that'll be too much. Um, but I'm very inspired by just like designing. I kind of use the makeup process to like kind of build like build a storyline and to build the character like through the makeup process and like mm-hmm. when we're photographing and stuff. Um, so Rachel handles like all the post edits, um, on my, on my drag photos. So yeah. Um, and then usually when I post those on my website, I usually will typically I'll try to come up with like a silly, like little caption to kind of give a little background information on the character. So Mm -hmm. like, I think one of my best ones was like cover ghoul and, she has like cockroaches on her face and she's like here let me pull it up because it's gonna drive me nuts if i don't (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just i love like weird obviously like super weird characters and shit yeah i love that there's the there's the dark element yeah to all of that stuff or the halloweeny the goth the dark art element to everything um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, it's great to combine those things. Yeah, because they're not. I mean, I guess maybe to some degree it's been done, but it's not common to see you know uh, those elements brought together. Yeah, you know, p- p- people tend to think you know dark art is that people tend to think dark art is like really serious, serious, like- <laughs> male oriented. Yeah, it's very, you know, and it's like, it's no, it's not. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's not. It yeah. could be anything. You know, you can have that dark edge to anything. And that's great wow. that you're kind of like expanding that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I pulled up this piece. So the the I also, yeah, I like making people laugh with drag shit. So this one cover ghoul, um, my caption I came up with was absolutely vile disgusting horrific stinking and that's just what her husband says (laughs) dolled up who's the character dolled up uh prepares to compete in the miss hideous pageant where she hopes to win for the filth year in a row (laughs) (laughs) excellent it's very uh john waters yes pink flamingos That's excellent. Yeah. I, I don't see the I, picture, though. Did you text it to me? Oh, here, let me do that. Now I have to see it. Oh, you, you, don't have, you know what? You could send it with all of the uh, images you sent me for the, for the gallery, because we should put that in the gallery. Yes, absolutely. On Patreon. Um, here, I just took a photo of it. I'll send it to you really okay. quick. <laughs> um, there you go. 
Okay. <laughs> well, while we're while we're waiting, you have it. The 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 the. Uh, so let's talk talk more about the the fine art stuff. Yeah. You know, because this is yeah. the more serious stuff that you do. Yes. So as I started, I like I started doing my self portraits again, and I'm really inspired by. I mean, self portraits, obviously. Uh, I'm super inspired by Frida Kahlo, and mm. she's like, yeah. Frida Kahlo is my favorite artist of all time. I love her so, so much. Yeah, she was amazing. And, yeah, I started looking at her. <laughs> I got the picture. It's so great. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, thank you. I, I started seeing <laughs> Frida Kahlo's work, I think, my, I want to say like my eighth grade art teacher or something, like turned me on to Frida Kahlo. Wow. And, that's cool. She, yeah, she was super cool. She knew that I was like, you know, art life. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she mm-hmm. knew that I was like more serious for other eight graders. So, or for like people in my grade. So she like showed me Frida Kahlo's work, which is obviously like sometimes gruesome, sometimes like just kind of weird um, and very dark. So, mm-hmm. um, but I just I started looking at her and I'm just super inspired by her and I love her. And I think actually if she were alive today, I would totally argue that like she's probably non-binary. Hmm. Like if if they had that word or right. like more common uh, when she was alive, I'm sure she would have been non-binary. But anyway, that's true. That's a good point. So, Interesting. Yeah, so she super, super inspired me, and I was doing self-portraits in high school, um, I think just, I think because, like, in my AP art class, we had to, like, pick a theme to do all of our work on, so I did, I think, 12 self-portraits about, like, interesting facts about myself or something, so, like, one of them was, like, God, what were they all about? I mean, I was probably trying to be deep for a high schooler, but <laughs> I'm sure some of them were like, I have depression. Like, right. no, sh- <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. We all did. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I think I did one on like, I w- I'm straight edge and I'm still straight edge. So, which if you don't know what that means, it means... Um, people that are straight edge don't participate in cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, substance. So I'm straight edge. Um, yeah, so I did those. Oh, and I think I did one that was like, you know, I'm in the LGBT community. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I was in it. Hmm. I didn't really know what I was though. So anyway, Uh, when did you, when did you know that? That was, I think in like. 10th grade but i feel like i knew like probably more so in like middle school that i was in the lgbt community somewhere right right (laughs) i didn't know what but i knew that i was in there somewhere you know um yeah i'll have to show you some of those self-portraits that i did but i did that series and then um i think i just told you this recently too that in high school, like my bedroom was my studio and I would do all of my self portraits. They were oil paintings. I did them in my bedroom and then I went off to college and it kind of like screwed up like 
the way I was doing things, the way I was used to working. Mm-hmm. And what have we here? I am back to my bedroom and my studio yeah. being the same room. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing self-portraits again. Um, oh, actually, I have. I should send you that link. Actually, on my YouTube channel, I have... Like, I don't upload to my YouTube a ton, but I have, like, all of my self-portraits and shit from high school. Oh, wow. Like, I did time lapses and stuff of them. So I'll have to send you the link because then you can, like, see... Oh, cool, cool. Like, cool. all my old work. So, anyway. Um, I think, like, coming back to drawing and coming back to self-portraits after such a long period of time... I think, like, it's just a good way to process things about yourself. Obviously, like, painful things or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what Rachel does with their photography, too, you know. And for me, and, like, transformation in general, I think self-portraits have been a great way for me to kind of understand aspects about myself and to understand being non-binary better Mm -hmm. so this one tresses the ginormous one um i did that one i redid it for a local competition which i can tell that story too but um that one is about how bizarre like femininity feels to me as an afab non-binary person a what afab what does that mean Okay, so for people who don't know, so a, there's AFAB and AMAB, and then you'll sometimes hear, like, AGAB, which is assigned gender at birth. Okay, so AFAB okay. is assigned female at birth, mm. and then AMAB is assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. So I am an AFAB non-binary person, and I, I use they them pronouns. And, okay. Got it. If that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm assuming you are an AMAB person. <laughs> I am AMAB. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Uh, okay, yeah, so that one is about, like, how bizarre femininity feels like to me, or feels to me as an AFAB non-binary person. Mm. And over time, it's interesting to, like, look back on myself that, like, I, Rachel and I have always been like tomboys, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I remember growing up and I wanted to be, this is going to sound weird. Okay. But I remember I wanted to be a girl so bad. Wow. Which sound, it sounds weird because like I was, <laughs> I was born a girl. Wow. But that's such a I, trip. That's I so remember, telling. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to like, I wanted to be like pretty and wear pink and I wanted to be like like flirted on by boys like I remember wanting to be like the stereotype of like of like a girl a female whatever like I wanted it so bad growing but you, up but you just weren't that person I just felt like I could never like not pull it off I just it felt like anytime I'd like Anytime I'd, like, try to be a little girly, I remember it felt like a costume to me. What a trip. This is so interesting. Which this is, this is what our bulk of the conversation should have been. I 
didn't even think about this until now, but I remember just feeling like girly things just never felt right to me. Mm. You know, it just never felt right growing up. And so now I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably was non-binary the whole time and just didn't realize, you know. Right. Um, which is interesting because obviously I love feminine, like hyper femininity, exaggerated femininity, which is why I love drag so much. Mm. So it's interesting to look back and see that and to be like, okay, that makes sense because drag, femininity, costume, like (laughs) perfume, jewelry, like drag has given me an avenue to explore like super high hyper femininity and to have a place to like do it in a healthy way. Right. To feel like I wasn't like to be a different character. You know what I mean? Right. And it takes out, it takes out the element of, uh, pretending to be that and trying to fool everybody. It's like, I'm, I'm putting on a costume. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, you know, and it's not, it's not like some it's it's got a, a different feeling about it. It's it's it's, you know, performative and 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 uh, as opposed to like trying to be that person that you're not. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. And it's interesting too, like looking back on early years, I don't know if this had any effect on like on me not becoming non-binary because I think it was all always there. Mm-hmm. But um Rachel and I have, like, always, I'm telling you, like, always, we have been always asked if we were a boy or a girl by, like, other, you know, people our age or, like, young kids. Mm -hmm. Like, when I would get dressed in drag for Halloween in, like, ninth grade and shit, Mm -hmm. I would have people... Like, people passing out candy that would literally ask me, like, are you a man or a woman? Like, which is like, I'm trick-or-treating, bitch. Does it really matter? <laughs> just give me the fucking candy. <laughs> yeah, just give me the, shut up and give me the candy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, um, we've always been asked if we were a boy or a girl. And, I, like, before, obviously, I was like, oh, I'm a girl, you know, whatever. And it's interesting to look back on that because, like... We've always, we've, like, we have lower voices for, like, females, you know, Mm. and I think that was always confusing for people, and then we're also, like, you know, I'd say we're more, like, masculine, like, Mm. in day-to-day anyway, and now I feel like I'm, I'm very neutral, so Mm -hmm. I have had people assume I'm a trans man, I've had people assume I'm a trans woman, I've had people assume, like, I'm just, like, I'm a cis man. Like, I've had so many people just, like, they don't know what to do with this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with it because I understand, like, I don't expect Joe Schmo on the sidewalk to know that I'm non-binary. He's probably not going to fucking guess I'm non-binary. He's probably going to guess I'm a man. What the fuck ever, like, I'm moving on with my day, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) anyway, so we've always been asked if we're a boy or a girl, like, probably since, like, sixth grade or something. Like, it's been a really long time. And so I don't know if that necessarily had an effect on us coming out as non-binary or it was just like 
we've always been androgynous. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, you know, so, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever brought this up just because it's never came up. But I used to always get people thought I was a girl all really? the time when I was a kid. Yeah, because I, uh, my parents let me grow my hair long. Yeah. And, and I had like long eyelashes and I was kind of yeah. small, you know, I'm short and I was kind of small, yeah. long blonde hair, long eyelashes. I got mistaken for being a girl all the time when yeah. I was little. Yeah. <laughs> you never know it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. You, you have, I mean, you have great hair. Oh, like, you. <laughs> yeah, you've you got great hair, Jeff. <laughs> you could make a wig out of that hair. You've Amen. got I should shave hair. it. <laughs> shave it and hey, make a wig. Exactly. You know what? You could perform as yourself and you could have like, if you ever wanted to like buzz cut, have the hair, make it into a wig. So if you, ever, you you know what you could do if you didn't want the upkeep, have a wig made out of your hair and then just for the podcast, just put it on. <laughs> and, no, and when you go out to art shows, just put it on. Put it on. No one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the ego death show. I almost shaved my head yeah. and made a dummy, a realistic dummy of myself uh-huh. using that hair in the coffin. Because there was a coffin for like the main, oh, yeah, 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 thing, yeah. which is kind of represented the ego. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and it was like, I thought that would be kind of cool. And then just totally, you know, because it's a very, uh, you know, monks monks shave their head as a form of not, you know, dress the same as having, as, as re- renouncing their you know, their uh, ego in the sense of their, yeah. their personality and, 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 and things. But I went against it because it was like, that's not, that doesn't really fit into what I'm doing. And then I decided the black magic characters in the coffin is like, oh, that fits, that's better. Yeah. yeah. You know, it fits yeah. more with the, the show. But anyway, um, so anyway. Well, I, I love, I've had my head shaved now since I think, like fall of 2017 or something. I fucking love it so much. I shaved my head one time. I've never rarely cut my hair since I was a little kid. I've had long hair. Um, uh, there's a, there's super eight film of me getting my first haircut. And I think that's the (laughs) only, that's like one of the few, that's the only haircut I had when I was a little kid and I hated it. And I was crying and I was all like, yeah, fucking hated it. But I did shave my head in the nineties just to do it. Yeah, the early '90s, and it felt so good. It felt so good to have no hair. I just don't even think about it now, though. It's just like I, I can't be bothered. I just like it's just it's the way it grows. I don't give a yeah. shit. I want to paint. Well, <laughs> you have beautiful hair, like especially for because you're 50. What's your age? I'm gonna be 54 in November. Well, I mean, obviously there are tons of like. 50 plus year old men that like have no hair and you have been blessed by the hair guy. <laughs> you have beautiful hair. Thank you. It's uh, it, it's starting to find I'm starting to finally get gray. It's crazy that I don't I hardly have any grays in it. Dude, you are I, fucking lucky. <laughs> I know, I know. I my grandfather though when he died, he was like I think in his 80s. Yeah, and he had still had like, because he, he was a redhead, he still had red hair. I mean, it's a lot of gray, but he still had a lot of red in it. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's just a genetic thing, I guess. Yeah, you very lucky, very <laughs> lucky. Yeah, um, I'm lucky in the hair game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to flip. Can you just yes? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to do Thank like you. a slow motion oh my God, shampoo yeah, you commercial. Go to a drag show and then pull all your hair to the front and then just do one big waft over your shoulder. I just wash it and then I only brush it when it starts to get snarly. It's like I never brush it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but getting oh if I start God. to get like uh, dreads, I'm like, oh, and I like brush it out then. But About I never time, brush yeah. it. Wash, yeah. shampoo, conditioner. That's it. Yeah. No brushing. I after I did it because my hair used to be like. Probably your length. Oh, really? It, wow. It was super, super long. I'll send you photos of that, too. Yeah, I gotta see My that. hair was super fucking long, and then, like, because I was dyeing it, like, different colors and mm. stuff, and I just was like, you know, it's it's just frail, and it's dead now, and I was like, I think I'm ready to shave it, and I, oh my god, I love it so much. You never looked I back. Just, I have not looked back. I just love it. And I like that it's like because it's short, I can just dye it fun colors. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sick of that. Two weeks later, shave it off again. Like, it, it you know, it's nice. Right. I think that's another, like, weird, helpful thing for me that, like, like my fine art is really serious. So I want when I want to be really serious, I can, like, shave yeah. them off and, like, you know, devoid myself of, like, any um like outer like weird wacky appearance or right <laughs> um yeah yeah but i i just like having colored hair too but uh anyway so the yeah fine art has been like more so a way for me to kind of like deep dive and look in uh introspectively uh to kind of analyze being non-binary and also like to not to challenge beauty standards, but obviously, like, I think we've talked before about, like, in the dark art world, there are very common, like, symbols or subject that people paint a lot. Like, there's a lot of, you know, like, witches and skulls. skulls yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of look at that, too, and, like, which is, you know... I'm not trying to shit talk anyone or anything, right. but I think like the lowbrow, like pop surrealist, like new contemporary world, I think it's a lot of people like, and this is a formula that works, so I don't blame people for doing it, but I think a lot of people lean into super thin, super attractive, naked women. Mm-hmm. Totally. That are sad and depressed for some reason. <laughs> uh, don't forget white. And very white. <laughs> and for some reason, there's a lot of flowers around them, or like they're caressing a fawn or something. Like you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Yep. So this is not. I'm not trying to like shit talk anyone or anything, but I just I think that like. Oh, there's a quote I remember reading one of Camille, Camille Rose Garcia's books, and I remember in, like, the intro or something, she put, like, in the lowbrow world, there's a lot of people that draw, like, sad girls without realizing why, and I think that, which is, like, a perfect way to sum that up, that, like, I think people just know that that's a formula that works, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and so right. they lean into it. Right. For me, right. like... It's just worked for me to draw myself, but I think part of it, even though I'm white, like I'm 
like not conventionally attractive. I'm fat. I'm bald. <laughs> I'm non-binary. You know, like I have stretch marks. Blah blah blah. Like, um, so I think for me, it's also part of a way to like to draw myself to make myself more visible because this is this is not the formula that works. You know what I mean? Right. Like fat individuals is not is not part of the formula that works. So I think um, part of it is also just like, yeah, challenging that idea that like, this is what lowbrow pop surrealist works, you know, have to look like. So I'm going to draw myself because like I enjoy doing it and it's not like (laughs) no one else is drawing. Right. That look like me. You yeah, know I, I mean? love that, and I, yeah. I, I love that about you. I love that about your work. I think it's cool. I think it's like, it's uh, uh it's you know, it's it's a lot of things. It's really brave. It's uh, yeah. it's cool. It, it's like it's it's uh, uh, the, I don't know. To me, that makes it. It's so much feels more so much more important than than like you said the the skinny model chicks. Just the you know the standard. Yeah. Stuff that sells, basically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like it needs to every artist should be judged just like every person should be judged on why they're doing what they're doing. You know, there may be people doing that kind of artwork and that's their artwork and they're for real. Yeah. But, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, uh, there's a lot so, of people that just follow that as a right. as a formula. Right. Right. Because it sells because it's yep. popular. But yep. um, so so, you know, and this is why I like dark art in general. Also, is like it it it, it it's not about that at all. <laughs> it's yep. like kind of the other end of it. Uh, it's like the re- reaction to that in a way, and, yep. and 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 that sums up kind of sums up the world that we live in, where it's like you know we know the standard models of beauty. It's accepted. Majority of people are into that. There, and it's like, and we're like, you know, you know, these things are also beautiful in a different way, and so we're going to celebrate them with our artwork. Yeah, and they're, and they're just as important, um, uh, even though they don't fit that fit that uh, 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 model. Yeah. You know? So again, it just another reason I think dark art and the and the portrait you're doing and i feel like you know the stuff i do i feel the same way about it i mean i think that stuff's beautiful that i paint you know it to me that's what is beautiful (laughs) you know and people a lot of people will think that's monsters it's horrible and it's like i i don't feel that way at all i think they look so cool and it's you know it's it really is it's a different it's a different way to look at things. It's a different yeah. perspective and you know, seeing seeing uh people, you know it's like seeing it's about seeing what's actually beautiful, you know? Yeah. It, it, and that's it's cliche, but that's the it's the in it's the inside. It's the thing inside that makes people really beautiful, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's even part of the reason why I did uh, tresses, why I did it so big mm-hmm. is because I love that I entered it into that art competition, which I can I forgot I should tell that story too. that I entered it into that art competition and like 
like part of it is that um like big work is kind of like the the bread and butter mm-hmm. of this art competition so i was like okay well i'll do a self portrait really really big and part of it was like i wanted to make non-binary people and again like i wanted to make myself and my story like if you want to look at it in a weird way, weird way that like making my portrait so big, like I wanted to make myself visible. Right. And I wanted people to not be able to like ignore LGBT people and ignore non-binary people. And like, you're, you know, you can't ignore us. Like we are, we are here. We're queer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just, well, and other thing too is like in my local art community, there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of things that are like call for women artists, like things like that. But there's not really a lot of like call for like queer people, like call for LGBT artists and stuff. And I think part of that, and even like in the art world in general, like you'll see, you know, magazines do like special like women artist issues and things, which is great, but you'll never see like an LGBT art special or like a trans and non-binary art, you know, special edition or anything like that. And I think not not yet. It's coming though. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of people that um, probably just don't have the language that they think like, okay, we're going to make a, it's inclusive. It's for women artists. And um, I think people that are like administrators of like magazines and shit, they'd probably just think that if I put a call out for women artists, then like LGBT, like those people will know to submit or like something like that. But I think it just, it really, not that it ignores, but in a lot of ways, it does not, like, it doesn't bring up or, like, uphold marginalized people. So, like, there will be trans people, there will be non-binary mm-hmm. people. Like, I'm not going to apply for a woman's-led initiative because I'm not a woman. Right. You no. Know? Right. So, I think, I think there should be more like LGBT art, like specials or like even shows, you know, just Mm -hmm. things like in general that are like, we're doing all trans artists. Like we're going to do all queer artists. We're going to do everything about like queer media, like shit like that. Because I think like that's another way that we're going to be able to uplift LGBT people in the dark art society Mm -hmm. in like, in the lowbrow art world in general, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the time, you know, yeah. it's just time. It's like, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, I've always felt like, cause I, I, I as you know, I just, I was raised in a family where it was like, you know, not a big deal. Uh, marginalized you know it's like i i've always i felt marginalized even though i'm like in the one percent of you know at the top i'm at the top of the food chain by being a white cis male mm-hmm. you know um in america straight S- christian yeah right 
<laughs> no, no, but I mean, just like as far as as the birth lottery, as far as having an advantage, right? I, um, but at the same time, within that, I'm on the. I feel like I'm on the bottom of it, or you know, as a kid or growing up, yeah. I, I, within that structure, being in the top, I'm at the bottom of the top because yeah. I was an artist. I was a weird kid. I felt I didn't feel yeah. I didn't wasn't like I was in, wasn't into sports. I wasn't into what all, all the other kids were into. So I've always felt like uh, uh, a uh, compassion and a and a, a recognition in marginalized people all my yeah. life. So it was like I I was all you know anybody who was marginalized. I kind of felt like uh, some kind of connection with. So. Um, uh, 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 what was my point? I forget what my initial point was. Um, I don't remember how I got there, but my initial, the main, the thing I was starting with was that I think it's time. Um, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. So, so to me, it's like, <clears throat> like I was saying early on, it's sort of like, it, I don't, I don't care. You know, I, I it's like, it doesn't matter to me that you're, uh, non-binary. It's like I, I like you because you're cool, you know. Yeah. I, I, I like you. I like you as a person, and so on one hand, that's really kind of the ultimate goal that you'd want everyone to just accept people for who they are and like them on their personality or not or what they are all about. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, this is you know this is the time when people are. Well, I don't know what you'd call mainstream society is is starting yeah. to is starting to be exposed to this stuff. Like think about just um, just the idea of being gay in my lifetime has be- been like you know hugely changed. Like Republicans think it's okay yeah. to be gay now. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was like no, <laughs> not even. Yeah. Uh, but now, it, and that's because of awareness. That's because of 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 it coming into mainstream culture, and 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 they and people know gay people now. They have gay family members. It's been talked about so much that they understand it, and they're like, "Oh, it's not a big deal." So they don't care. And and I think this is like this is the time now for um, <clears throat> you know, it's still it's still it's an ongoing thing. It's definitely not like everything's good now, but um, you know. <laughs> Right now is the moment for, you know, non-binary, transgender, LGBTQ. It's it's like this is the time that the awareness is being spread so that in another 10 years, it's going to be not an issue or not 10 years. Maybe, maybe things go faster now with the Internet. So it might be. But there's going to be a point. Let's say in another 20 years, the gay thing is going to be like who gives a shit? Can you believe that anybody ever gave a shit about people? You know what I mean? It's going to be like that. It's going to eventually be like that. And, uh, and because I think that it's fear, it's fear that because people don't understand it because they don't know any non or they don't realize they know any non-binary people, you know? And so uh, once they start realizing and learning about what it means and that it is a real thing and that people they love are that thing, and friends and stuff. It's like, no one's going to give a shit, but, 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 but now's the time that the, the awareness is happening. So it's yeah. like, now's the time. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I think that all. So yeah. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, you, you hear, you always hear from, I hate to say it, but you always hear it from the right people saying, I just don't want it shoved down my throat. And it's like, 
no, you you don't really like it because you don't understand it. If you the understood whole- it, you would you would be like supportive of them. You'd be like, oh, that's great. They don't have to feel bad about themselves anymore. They can just be themselves. They can not worry about getting their ass kicked every day for being themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so well, it's it's an yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. It's just I just think it's an education thing. It's an education and an exposure thing that will change those kind of people because I really I think everybody generally most people are decent you know and when they have an experience and understand something they 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 stop being assholes about it <laughs> if that well, makes the sense the curious thing about that line of thinking is that like people saying like I don't want it shoved down my throat right. it's, it's like literally like you'll see a non-binary person on a billboard or something and it'll be I don't want it shoved down my throat talk about being shoved down your throat it's like that that's <laughs> that's you know simple visibility is not shoving down your throat (laughs) it is visibility it's not shoving down your throat exactly and we had so like yeah part of my wheelhouse of shit that we've done we rachel um was the monarch of electric forest in 2017 and electric forest is like an edm music festival Mm -hmm. and it was like an initiative thing that you wanted to do in the forest. And so Rachel proposed with me and some of our friends that we would do drag in the forest. And like, it's a hippy dippy, like, you know, environment. It's not my style of music, but I do like, I like the counterculture of Mm. like music festivals and shit. Um, And we had a bunch of people that were like, that were giving us like backlash because they were like, I don't want drag shoved down my throats. And we were like, but having a drag show at electric forest is not shoving down your throat. It's just (laughs) visibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's just having, is there any other? Yeah. Yeah. It's just having one place in the forest for people that are in are right. like queer and gay and are into drag. Right, right. Is is the, and how it, is that shoving down your throat? And is there anything else? <laughs> is there anything else there that the people are saying? I don't want that shoved down my throat. Like some other thing? No, there's not. It's not because it's not yeah. about that. It's about okay. they don't they don't understand it. So they're like. Exactly. They don't like, like being exposed to something they don't understand or they don't know about. It makes them feel the way non-binary people feel probably all the time in, yeah. in a world that uh, that doesn't understand them. They feel like, you know, uh, they don't – they're unfamiliar with it. So instead of, yeah. you know, understanding it and going, oh, okay, this is a new thing in life that you can appreciate because now I get it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. The, it just – it was so <clears throat> frustrating because I was like – Everyone here is, like, supposed... Like, people at Electric Forest and, like, music festivals and shit. Like, in EDM yeah. and stuff. Like, so, like, hippie, which is cool. But there's so many people that are, like, like love everyone. Like, I, I fucking love every Like, no judgment on anyone. But then are, like, ew, gay shit. That doesn't belong <laughs> in, in the forest. So stupid. It's, 
the, everyone is do, have you looked around at everyone that's here everyone is fucking doing drag are you kidding me right like, <laughs> i don't know it just it drives me bonkers because and like not to get heated about it but it just i'm like it's not shoving down your throat to have one space for queer people right you know what i mean yeah um yeah. but it was interesting too so in college rachel and i also did uh, we did an independent art show called Art is a Drag, which I probably have some videos and stuff on my YouTube about that, too. But it's basically when I started doing drag makeup as more of like a painting process. We had an the show Art is a Drag, which was all of my like drag self-portraits, um, and we'd hang them up in art galleries. And then for the receptions, we would have... Um, for the receptions, we would do a drag show mm -hmm. uh, just to, like, break up the monotony of, like, what a regular art show was like, you know. Uh, and it's super fun, amazing. And um, I remember one of my professors at the time, he was like, you know, I really like the art as a drag pieces because they're so big. Because we would print them at, like, my face was fucking huge, you know. Mm -hmm. we would, We'd print them at, like, 24 or no like 36 by 48 or something it was like really big um which kind of just ties this that conversation back to the drawing that like visibility is just so important you know and i that was one reason why i made the piece so big too is because like just visibility for queer people is just so imperative and like I don't know. I just now I'm really drawn to big work now. Mm -hmm. um, but I just I think it's so important to like just give like black creators to give trans creators to give LGBT creators like in general, like give them space to thrive and like support uh, black and trans people like black and queer people, um, Hispanic queer people, you know, like it just it's so imperative to just uplift marginalized voices because, and especially intersectional um, voices, because you're not gonna you're not gonna understand what it's like to live that experience unless you listen to those people. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest, the the most important part of it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I really believe that. I really believe that that's the key to all this is getting. Like I said, it's like with the the. Like I said, with the gay thing, <laughs> the, the gay yeah. thing, with the you know, just this, to see that transformation, to live through that, to yep. really as an I lived through it as an adult. You know, it wasn't even just when I was a kid. It was like when I was a young adult. It was still, you know, yeah. they're trying to get it. Uh, you know, there. Bill Clinton was, didn't he have a, or. Obama even at the beginning of his thing was against yeah. gay marriage. So it's like it's changed so much. I as an adult, I've seen it. And um and I and it's like I just think it's like a matter of people understanding it. That's all there yeah. is to it. You yeah. Know, once they understand it, they're not afraid anymore. They're not afraid of it. Yeah. Cuz I think it's fear. I think it's yeah. fear. Yeah, and that's really that's <clears throat> like <laughs> to tie the whole thing up that 
that's really like at the root, I think, of like all my self-portrait work and my fine artwork is like I just simply because, yeah, we're at a time where being non-binary is so like not that being non-binary is new, but we've we were more having a like national and international comp conversation about what being non-binary right. is. So at the root of it, I think my self portrait work is like, I just want people to understand what it's like right. being non-binary. And so like my drawings, like the hair eyelashes, the, uh, the moth that's like coming out of my mouth. Um, trying to think the one where i'm like smooshed up against the mannequin like Mm -hmm. i just want i want people to understand what it's like and how it feels and i think a lot there's a lot of people especially in like the art community that understand things better visually right so i hope that in some way my self-portraits can somehow like have a like physical manifestation of how like queer people live and how we survive and what it's like to be queer, what it's like to be fat and non-binary, what it's like, you know, Hmm. all the things that I experience as a person, like what those things are like. I hope that my self portraits can like somehow make it click for some people, you know? Yeah understand like the experience of what being non-binary is and i just hope it just makes people understand non-binary people more you know right well i mean if at the very least it's a talking point your your work yeah. so it's like a, it starts that conversation which is where you know the the uh, but I, I think on a just there's it's your work it's so well done that it it's in a way it's like even if you don't even if it doesn't communicate the idea to the viewer every time, it's yeah. still starting that conversation and that and 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 you know learning about what the piece is about is going to start the whole thinking process and learning about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool yep. that um, uh, just the but that's like that's kind of how I, I that's sort of what I think it's all about. Really, is that like you make the art great. You make it weird and striking, and you may not know what it's all about, but but then you go to learn about it, and then that's you know you're compelled, you're drawn into this thing from this yeah. weird, cool, striking image, and yeah. then you start learning about it that way. You yeah. know, you start understanding it. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um... I guess I should talk about the the grant thing that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I should have. I probably should have said it earlier in the in the podcast. I just didn't even think to bring it up. But um, so I did this giant piece, which Chet will attach in the <laughs> in the, bit, um, yes. the photo set. So I did this five foot self portrait, and I entered it into a an international art competition that's based in my city. And I got in and I found out that they had an artist equity grant for marginalized artists. So I decided I would apply for it. 
uh, for this piece to cover the cost of framing. And I got a quote back from my framer and it was going to be $2,000. So I applied for like a little over two grand uh, to cover it. So I remember we were having my mentorship meeting that day that I got the email that said I was awarded the $2,000. So I was like, okay, great. I've got like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this grant. It's amazing. But it was... Part of getting the grant for this competition is that I had to secure a venue to exhibit in for the competition. So the way this particular international art competition works is that artwork is spread into different businesses around the whole city. So it's kind of like a scavenger hunt. And so tourists come in. And they go to all these different local businesses. They see the artwork. Typically, they'll spend money at the businesses. So it's good for, like, tourist economy and, like, for an art competition as well, which is great. It's cool. Um, So part of me being awarded the grant was that I had to get a venue. But because of COVID, (laughs) Uh A lot of local businesses decided or like a lot of businesses and um, art galleries and things that would normally have submissions open for artists or like would be able to handle larger works were not allowing artists to submit to their space or were limiting how, how much art they would have because they didn't want to have a bunch of random tourists from outside the city coming into their business, you know, spreading COVID all around, which I do not blame anyone for. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so part of that was that there were a lot less venues for a lot of artists this year. And there was a lot less, uh, venues that could handle large work. So even though I submitted to like 20 or 30 venues, I think, um, I unfortunately did not get any venue um, to allow me to exhibit in their work and or to exhibit in their space. And unfortunately, because of that, I lost the grant. So right now I have a GoFundMe up to because I still have to frame this piece. Yeah. So I have a GoFundMe up. It's a um, big it, ass piece. <laughs> it's huge. It, it's five feet tall. So it's ginormous. And my framer was super cool. And um, they said that with, uh, it was like museum or Optium Museum acrylic. It right. was going to be like $2,000, which is, I totally expected that. But obviously, um I'm a freelance artist and, uh, you know, I'm just on my, my freelance journey. So, <laughs> so if anyone would like to help and share, uh, my GoFundMe, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, I'll put the link in the description with yeah. all your other links, but yeah. just for people listening, if they want to go and, and help out, uh, what's the, how would they find it? Um, I think I have it on like in my link tree on like my Instagram and TikTok, but I'm pretty sure it's just like I think the URL is like gofundme.com slash like 
help Kaylee frame their art or something, mm-hmm. but I'll send you the link, but, um, it's yeah. like, help. I think the title of it, I put like help non-binary artists frame their art or something like that. Right. So yeah. So good. That's my, my sad story of yeah. how I was supported and then lost grant funding. <laughs> yeah. But you got, you know, your people are helping out. You, you're, you're a good, well, well on your way to getting the two grand. So, um, hopefully if, when people hear this, they'll, they'll donate. I donated. Everyone should donate. Uh, um, I, I, I do want to go back. We're going to have to wrap it up because we're over two yeah. hours now and I'm dying in this office because I had to turn the air conditioning off. Oh, uh, my God. Um, and it's hot here today. But um, I did want to go back Yeah. To, to what we were saying first before we wrap it up. You know, uh, we're talking about just expose, exposing people to basically new ideas about mm-hmm. what it is to be, you know, a human in a way they don't understand and how yeah. it's fear based people not people not being into it because of fear um i think i think the reason why people were able to get over the gay thing is because <laughs> is because uh when you real when 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 it was shown to people what it's like what it feels like yeah to be gay <clears throat> you realize that it's like oh i feel that way too even yeah. like the straight white dude, the the Joe, whatever, the the most mainstream person, they feel that way too. That's the thing that drives me nuts. Is like everybody feels this way. Everybody feels this way. Being just by being a human being, you feel separate from everybody else. You yeah. feel disconnected. You feel insecure, and it's like, you know, everyone's or so many people are playing this game. Like they don't, and they've got it all going on. They've got the good yeah. job and the car, and they and you know, and they fit in with everything. They do all the the, yeah. no, the the normal things, and it's like, you know, when you when you hear uh, 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 a non-binary or transgender person's experience, and and how it like you said how it feels, which, which is what you're doing with your artwork. Um. They'll get it and they'll be able to go, you know, you know, my point being is that we all feel this way to some degree. Yeah. I, th- I think about something. about something about, you yeah. know, just just being in this reality. I think it's an, it's kind of inherent um, being a human being. Just being alive is that, you know, f- sense of separateness and, 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 you know, everybody's got insecurities about something. Yeah. Everybody. And so. Once the stories come out and people can can listen to them and understand them, it's like, oh, this is just like me. I feel this way. So why am I upset about this? Why? Yeah. What's the problem here? There is no problem. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yep. So it's really, you know, the 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 struggle for it's it's a you know the struggle for civil rights of all marginalized people is really like the struggle for every person to to feel okay in their own skin yeah you know and it's sort of like folks like you have been burdened with throwing it in their faces shoving it down their throats because it's like it's like it's a mirror in a weird way you know it's like it's the same thing we're all struggling with it obviously this everything's people are everything's falling apart everywhere nobody is 
secure in who they are and where they're at or not most people, you know? So, and there's a ton of people too that like, I hate to say this like in this way, but I, there's a ton of people that are like closeted and there's a lot of people who feel like they can't come out. And so there's a lot of people who, um, who like throw that back at like at the queer community because there's a lot of people who are like upset that they feel like they can't they come can't out. do it so why should you be able to do yeah. it i can't do it you know you know a, which that's not everyone yeah you know obviously not but there there are definitely a lot of people that have that sort of like internalized homophobia or like internalized you know transphobia whatever it is because they're upset that someone else is is living the way that they wish they could and a lot of that sometimes is like people just don't live in like safe situations and people can't come out which is like obviously it makes sense why you wouldn't um but there's obviously a lot of people too that can come out but they don't for some reason because they want to like keep up a facade of you know the wife and three kids or, you know, whatever it is. So I don't know. It's, it sucks for those people too, yeah, you yeah. know, but that, that again, that like, that's a painful thing that, you know, how would it make you feel if you couldn't be, you know, open about being trans or you couldn't be open about being gay or, you know, that sucks for those people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, yeah. that's another benefit to just the, bringing it out into the open is that it makes other yeah. it makes it more safe for everybody really you know to 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 come out and and uh i don't know i just i i it's just it's so stupid <laughs> i'm so disappointed in the human race sometimes yeah. it's like you know really this is where we're at it's 2021 <laughs> and we're afraid of people because of the color of their skin or who they love or yeah. how they it's like this is fucking kid stuff yeah it's so stupid it's just like it's it's uh it just drives me nuts it's so to get hung up on something so dumb yeah. <laughs> you know but too, like, there's just a lot of people who don't like they don't have friends that are queer that's, or they don't have that's friends what i'm saying they don't they don't have a way to to understand it so it's like yeah. You know, you can't get too down on them about it because it's like yeah. they just don't know. They just don't get it. But I think there's also like there's such a free flow of information nowadays. Like literally go on TikTok. You will learn so much shit. About- oh, my <laughs> granddaughters. It's like yeah. half the stuff they talk about are, yeah. are you know, LGBTQ rights. They're so yeah. supportive. They have they get. They have shirts, you know, rainbow. They're like so into it because of because of TikTok. Yeah, it's crazy. I think I think there's just so many resources nowadays. You could literally Google like what's it like being a non-binary right. person, <laughs> and fucking articles would probably, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I I just think there's such a wealth of information nowadays that not that there's like no excuse, but I think right, like right. just. Like, go out to, like, art shows. Like, go out to different things. Like, meet people in, like, different different ways of life, you know, than what you live. I, like, all the time, like, you know, I didn't have 
any friends that were like sex workers for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then I started like meeting sex workers and people who were like strippers and stuff. And now like half of the fucking characters that I draw are sex workers and strippers. Right. You know what I mean? And, but the reason why I feel comfortable doing that is because I feel like I do a, a good job listening to like, to my friends like who are strippers who tell me like this is what it is for us like this is like the safety things we have to worry about you know these are the things we have to do to do our job you know right um yeah i think it's just like you got to listen to different community communities that you yourself are not in and then you also have to support those communities so you know because you want to you want to learn and you want to grow as a person so yeah it's all very important yeah yeah. Excellent. Um, oh, God, I was going to say something. Oh, no. I, I do, uh, <laughs> it was a good point. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's... Strippers, sex workers, marginalized uh, uh, communities. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, have you watched uh, the channel Soft White Underbelly on YouTube? No. Holy shit. It's amazing. It's like right, this dude... It, it's this dude. He interviews people on Skid Row. Okay. His his uh he's a photographer. He started interviewing for everyone listening to you. Got to check it out. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. And he just interviews all marginalized people. Awesome. And doesn't judge them at all. He just like asks them about their their lives basically and lets them talk. He interviews strippers, prostitutes, crackheads. Uh, uh, non-binary trans people uh, mm. you know most of them come from from uh, the area like uh, yeah. uh, uh, Skid Row so they're like got crazy stories yeah. meth addicts heroin addicts that, that are like live a normal life and they're heroin addicts heroin addicts that are just strung out everybody and it's like and he's got hundreds of videos and it's so amazing pimps you know, he interviews everybody yeah. without judgment. And it's like, it's so amazing to hear their stories. It's like, yeah. aside from it just being fascinating and interesting, it also is like, it makes you understand, you know, why so many, why people, how they get homeless. I mean, just, that's just a, like an aside, but, but there's so much, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. I can't stop yeah. watching it. It's like it keeps coming up in my in my recommended videos on YouTube, and every time I just oh, I'm going to watch a minute of it, I end up watching like the whole thirty minutes of it because it's so <laughs> yeah. interesting. Gangbangers, and just it's like it's such a trip. It's like the the people that never get interviewed is what it is. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he and he's yeah. and it's awesome because he just totally doesn't judge them at all. It's like he's just interested. So soft white underbelly, you love it. I wrote it down. Well, I have a quick, before we wrap up, I have a quick recommendation for people to, if like, if you are in the dark art society, you like dark, weird shit, and you want to know more about like the dark, weird side of drag, watch Dragula. It is a show by the Boulay brothers who are like a drag duo. Uh, It is, I would say it is like Fear Factor and RuPaul's Drag Race had a baby. (laughs) It's so fucking weird and crazy and awesome. And it's like, it's goth drag. It is like, it is 
queer and goth and freaky and it's fucking awesome so if you want to know more about like the the goth side of drag yeah. watch Dragula. and um actually season four is gonna come out in october so new season so get caught up on the first three seasons uh, <laughs> before season four comes out and um it's all gonna be on shutter actually oh excellent wow yeah, that's which, cool yeah so Totally watch Dragula. It's fucking rad. Cool. It's amazing. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. You got our recommendations now. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so excellent to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point because you really, your your career is just beginning. Um, So so I, I, I imagine I'd love to have you back on. Yeah. After you've had more shows and, and, and got this thing going. I, 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 I just, I've said it from the beginning since we did the mentorship. I know you're going to be successful. It's just not even a question in my mind. So, um, Thank yeah, you, you, you got it all. You got it all. You got it all and you're doing it. So that's yeah, so got to have the, the looks, the brains, the beauty yep. in this family. Yeah. <laughs> you got it all. I'm telling you. We can't all be smart and, Gorgeous and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right with the hair I'm shaking flip. my that's hair. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> It'll look better in slow motion. Yes. Uh, okay. Anyway, so thanks again. Um, so let's say goodbye. Oh, no, give your links real quick. I'm going to put them in the description. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just, just for people listening that don't want to look, just tell me real quick your links. Okay. So I have. I'll just, yeah, I'll be quick. So on Instagram, I have three Instagrams and three TikToks. Marketing nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. On Instagram and TikTok, they're they're the same for each. So my drag Insta and TikTok is mannequin drag artist or like mannequin drag. Uh, For illustration, my Insta and TikTok are decayly shop. Um, and then on Insta and TikTok for my uh, fine art, it is Noni K Britain, but you can just call me K Noni. I don't really care. Um, yeah. And then I also have a Twitter and a Facebook, but those obviously I just dump everything onto because right. I'm not I'm not about to have three Twitters and three <laughs> Facebooks too. So how about YouTube? How about your YouTube channel? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I do have YouTube, and that has stuff, like, literally all the way back to, like, 2010 or something on it wow. for my shit in high school. Cool. And yeah. that, I think it's just, like, YouTube.com slash Kaylee Britain 0809 or something back in the time when my fucking username. Like, I can't change my username right. now, unfortunately. <laughs> So every but everyone can get there from your one of your inst. Didn't you didn't you say you have a link tree on uh on one? Yeah, of- I have link trees and like in the bio of my Instagram. So okay. if you can't find it, like if you can't just like search it, you, I'm sure you can find it in my link trees. So cool. All right. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much everything. And then I have, like I said earlier, I have that GoFundMe. So yeah. Yes. Okay, we're going to put all those links. It's a lot of links. We're going to put them all in there. Yep. 
<laughs> you're like, wow, this is the most links we've ever it is. had. That's another first. It's another first. There's oh my god, so I'm many firsts today. There's so many firsts today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so you know we have to do it. Let's say goodbye to the audience. Okay. Ta ta. Bye bye. <laughs> goodbye, audience. Bye bye, audience. Shit, I just hit the microphone. <laughs> <laughs>